Welcome to Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back. Thank you for joining us in our first episode. Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Frick. Hello, my name is Patrick and I'm Frack. Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back will be a show airing once a week where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. For the first part of the show, we will be going through the first season of My Hero Academia and how we see lessons from the episodes that connect to teachings in the Bible. Just as many of you are, we are also fans of other things as well. So when we get through the first season of My Hero Academia, we might change things up and go in a different direction and look at comics, video games, movies, or other things that we are fans of. Uh, Frick is the creator of the name of our show, um, and it's also through our father who uh, who dubbed us uh, Frick and Frack when we were kids, and it's really kind of stuck ever since. And so you might ask yourself, why are we starting with My Hero Academia first? Well, the the thing with My Hero Academia is that it's it's like something that we used to that we would have done when we were kids, that we would have been doing when we were playing with our action figures. Uh, like I remember there was one uh, time of our life when we were playing with our action figures that our, we were our action figures as heroes and they would go to a, uh, a school that instituted them into being superheroes and training them and giving them powers and that sort of stuff. So ever since, ever since we were kids and my, you know, so, but speaking for me, I've always been into superheroes. Uh, my first superhero that I ever loved was Super Grover from Sesame Street, and has since since then my tastes have obviously changed. Uh, my personal su- favorite superhero, Spider Man. Uh, but when it comes to My Hero Academia, we got introduced into anime through Dragon Ball Z, and so our love for the anime started with that and has matured and and grown since then but now it's with my hero academia being a relatively new show i got introduced to it and honestly i don't quite remember where i got introduced or how i got introduced to it uh it may have been a friend so if my the person that introduced me to my hero academia if you ever listen to this please let me know uh so i do want it because i do want to give you credit but it might have even just been an ad that i saw on my Crunchyroll or something like that uh, but there's something about this show that just is very endearing. It is a well-done uh, anime that just has... It's There's something for everybody where anybody has an opportunity to just really get into the show and just really enjoy it. And there's a character out there for everybody. Um, and so, and honestly, the other thing, too, that just really got me into it was fan, the fandom itself. Uh, the people that are into My Hero Academia, it, it is a, an amazing, accepting, uh, great fandom to be a part of. And when you're a part of something like that, it's it's easy to see. And when it comes to My Hero Academia, it's easy to see why there's such a fandom for it. Uh, for me, uh, uh, Frick, um, he Jeff, he's the one who got me into the show. Um, uh, and it was actually through GalaxyCon. We went to a panel uh, where uh, Chris Sabat, uh, Justin Briner, and Colleen... I can never remember how to properly pronounce Colleen Klinkenbeard. 
I'm I'm so bad at always saying her last name, um, so I'll just call her you know Miss Colleen. Um, we're at the panel, and you know just what Jeff was talking about. The fandom was great. Um, they were really excited to um, to participate with them and all those things. And so um, you know, and you know us being twins, we're very uh, we have very similar tastes. You know, my first superhero was Super Grover too. Um, but now my current, you know, favorite superhero, um, is the flash, but Wally West. Um, and so I've, you know, loved that. I've been, you know, we read comics on and off as kids. Um, you know, our parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles knew that if they, you know, wanted to get us birthday gifts or Christmas gifts, they could throw a comic book at us and we would be so happy um and so for me i think of um uh superheroes as as something to inspire us to be better um and to to strive for something greater and and my hero academia does that really well and, and you know you can get it. We can get into all sorts of discussions on the differences between Marvel and, and DC superheroes um, at their cores and things like that. Uh, but My Hero Academia, I think, does a, a really good job of blending them to those two different ways to look at superheroes in the same way. Like, yet they're relatable, but they also inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things I really appreciate about My Hero Academia. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through each episode um, and kind of talk about the different lessons that we kind of learned, what we kind of connected to with them. Uh, just as, as a heads up, that we, I will say there, there will be spoilers if you have not uh, seen the show. This is a review, so we're going to review the episodes. So if you don't want spoilers, go ahead and watch the show. The show is available on so many different platforms. It's on Hulu. Funimation, Crunchyroll, um, uh, all those are good options to be able to see to see that show. And Crunchyroll and Funimation are free, um, uh, so there's there's no reason why you can't watch this show um, in some form or fashion um, online. Um, you can you can purchase them on Prime Video, uh, things like that. So you, there's there's lots of options. Um, so I highly recommend watching the show. And so we're going to go through uh, different things. And so uh, right now we're going to uh, talk about what happened in Season 1, Episode 1. Uh, and the title of the episode is Zuku Midoriya Origin. So being the first episode, the pilot episode, uh, starting off the show, there's going to be a lot of world building. The episode and for the... And for the majority of the show itself, it's told through the eyes of Azuku Midoriya, the main protagonist, uh, a young boy about to enter high school. Uh, he brings us into the world, which is a fascinating world. He explains that 80% of the world has some form of a superpower, or in this world, they call them quirks. Uh, and due to this overwhelming change in the population 
into society as a whole, there's now become a new profession in the world, the profession of being a superhero. So people are actually paid to be a superhero based on their actions. And it's also become so popular, it's the number one desired profession by kids. You know, it's like, you know, when you talk to kids today, what, what do they want to be when they grow up? You can get any wide variety of answers when you ask a kid these days whether they want to be like a doctor, they want to be like a movie star, a professional athlete, uh, all sorts of different things. But in this world, the number one thing that people want to be is a superhero. Uh, and he also explains that, uh, Izuku, uh, Midoriya also explains that he wants to go on and he also desires to be a superhero himself. Uh, but the the twist with him is that he's a part of the 20% population. He is born, he is born without a quarter. Uh, so he, so as in, and in the show, they explain that you can actually find out at a very young age, whether or not you're going to develop a quirk. Cause usually about kindergarten age kids, the, this population that you start to show your superpower and he hadn't shown one, what one yet. And they show in an episode in a part of the episode, they flash back and show that uh, as a young kid he went and they told him he's not going to have a superpower. Uh, one of the things that's also, you get into, and then we're going to be introduced to All Might uh, as well in the show and he's considered the world's greatest superhero uh, and he actually is Midoriya's inspiration to want to be a hero himself. Uh, another main character in, that's introduced in the show is Katsuke Bakugo, or Kachan, as Midoriya calls him. Uh, we're uh, also given Midoriya's nickname from Bakugo, which is Deku, which is a Japanese insult meaning uh, useless. Uh, Bakugo, very early on in the show, has established himself as something of a bully. Uh, he, is, he does have an impressive quirk, which allows him to explode things, uh, and he also has a short temper to match. Uh, while during the episode Midori is shown he's navigating the city and that very early on there shows it pops up a giant shark monster and is deemed the crowd deems him just a petty thief uh, with an impressive quirk heroes show up arrive on the scene and through this through this action through this scene Midori explains that heroes are paid based on the heroic works that they that they do uh and so then Midori and Bakugo, it, and then Midori is shown in school, and Bakugo is shown as one of his classmates in middle school. Uh, they're supposed to take career evaluations, uh, but he says they're pointless because everybody wants to go on the hero track. And Bak Bakugo brings up that he wants to apply to UA High, uh, which is the national, which is a national school that uh, only takes 0.2% of their applicants and is considered one of the elite hero schools to go to. Uh, also turns out Midoriya wants to go to UA because it is the ultimate dream. And Midoriya winds up getting uh, ridiculed for this because, he, again, everybody knows he's corkless, he has no abilities, uh, and that he shouldn't even apply. But that he, They actually believe he can't apply, but Midoriya informs them through, to the class that that rule has been rescinded and he will be applying. Uh, even if the odds are slim, he's got to, he wants to be a hero so bad that he's going to face those odds. Um, so 
it turns out, and this upsets Bakugo because it feels like to him it destroys his origin story because he sees himself as this big grand hero that's going to eventually happen. Uh, and Midori is going to affect that because it comes from the same quote-unquote nothing school. So Midori winds up uh, leaving and, uh, and while this is happening, another robbery, another villain shows up on the scene. This is in the form of, of a slime monster. Uh, and at this time, All Might shows up for the first time. He is going, and he's on in pursuit of the slime monster. The slime monster finds Midoriya and is attempting to take over his body. And All Might takes easy, takes makes quick work of the slime monster and store, stores him in what I absolutely love, soda bottles. Because All Might was shown earlier grocery shopping and he apparently needed some more soda and dumped the soda and shoved the slime monster in there because, in all honesty, where else are you going to store a slime monster? Um, Midoriya is in awe of his hero's presence. Like, he just he can't believe that the hero that he idolizes, that he worships, is now in front of him. And... Uh, after All Might saves Midoriya, he leaves thinking he's done with Midoriya, but much to chagrin, Midoriya has actually sewed away on All Might as he's left away and holding onto his pants, uh, onto his leg, and they land, and Midoriya, in the, in the presence of his hero, he, ha he has to take his shot and ask him a very hard question, and he asks him the question that will change his life forever and he asks is it possible for him to be a hero without a quirk can he be like all might and that's where the episode ends so that's the that's the first episode that brings us into the world of my hero academia and so before we kind of get into the the biblical themes that we saw in this episode um we're going to talk about some of the the other things that are just kind of interesting that really make you want to be a part of the world and so um uh and so we're gonna be sticking with the anime um i am uh, a big fan of of everything in my hero academia uh, i've loved the show uh, I, I read the manga on the shonen jump app and uh, i also have really loved um uh, reading the the sister title my hero academia vigilantes uh, and really love seeing how things that will come come up in the show and also in the manga as well, um, and how that they all tie together. It's just extremely fascinating. Um, and so, uh, so one of the first things that I, I, I really loved about the show is just how the heroes are, are named in of themselves. Like, so we met um, as Jeff said in. in the beginning we meet a, a team of heroes uh in the beginning we meet mount lady uh kamui wood and uh death arms and uh backdraft. backdraft thank you um we meet them for the first time and uh kamui woods and mount lady will play a a, a good supporting role Throughout the show, yeah, kind of more more like recurring characters. You know, yeah, they, they pop up from time to time. They don't have huge roles in the anime thus far, um, other than Mount Lady. And the, the Mount Lady, yeah. And uh, 
So yeah, so those. So yeah, so the the heroes they're they're everywhere, and they have these in true to form anime and anime form ridiculous costumes. Like mm-hmm. they're just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but they're they're colorful, they're splashy, exactly like you would think if a you know something that is brought up in the show that Midoriya talks about is that they are you know they're government employees they all will find out a little bit later you know that there's actually these agencies um, that hire that are run by the top level heroes and then they have these interns or sidekicks and uh, so based on the heroic actions that they do they get money they get paid uh, so in just in like today's in today's world you think about like athletes um, you know the best athletes in the world are going to get paid the most because they are the best and they have the most options and most ability to advertise and bring in all this additional income so it doesn't make any it's not a stretch in the world stretch of the imagination at all that superheroes that are the best at what they do uh they're great with the people they're great uh advertisers marketers of themselves they're going to be more successful and so that requires you to catch people's eyes. You have to catch their attention. And so part of it, so they're going to have these, you know, somewhat ridiculous looking costumes. Yeah. And, and of course, part of it also with is to, to play into their theme of their name, what kind of hero they are. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, a backdraft, I, I'm guessing, like they don't really kind of get into his powers all that much other than I can, he can control water, mm-hmm. but he considers him, they say, uh, backdraft rescue specialist and so he uh so he has a fireman's costume um as his superhero uniform and so they'll play into those themes mm-hmm. um to to help with that and so it's just kind of one of those um, it has to have a point you yeah know? so it's, it's not you know they're not going to just you know be straight you know what i would think we would really see superheroes wearing is just you know like black you know black urban stuff and you know just you know, boots and and hoods and that sort of stuff. Kevlar vests, Kevlar vests, that sort of stuff. But no, they 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 have to sell themselves. They have yeah. to market themselves. Yeah. Um, one of the th- and and going along with that theme of you know with what the heroes are doing in order to make money. One of the things that I found fascinating that they hint that they play into is that you know so you think about like social media users and that you know all like social media users that are able to market themselves and put themselves out there are able to make money by just doing whatever it is that they do. You know, it's like, you know, there's a lot of musical careers now are started on YouTube. It's not, it's, it's not solely just going to, to bars and playing. It's putting yourself out there, getting those views. And so in that same way with heroes, they, they're, they're dependent on how people perceive them. So one of the things that happens in that first fight with the giant shark monster is that Kamui is actually the one that does most of the fighting with the shark monster. It, granted, it's not a very long fight, so it, because again, they're they're in the process of building the world and the origin. But what they wind up what winds up happening is that Mount Lady is not there for like ninety five percent of the fight at at all, and so. Kamui's fighting the shark monster is about to finish him off and, and capture him. And Mount Lady, act, and with Kamui's powers, he's actually has the ability to control wood. So he's actually in the process of extending his arm with these branches and is going to 
do something to capture the the shark monster but mountain lady comes in actually breaks the branches that kamui is is building and then knocks the monster out and so she is going she gets the publicity because it was like she's the one that that uh gave the finishing blow so to speak of course one of my favorite parts about the whole fight is uh kamui woods uh has that wonderful cheesy like silver age uh hero dialogue where, was, where he, he tells the the giant shark person that was like you uh, uh, illegal ass- use of powers, guilty uh, of assault, guilty of assault, petty theft, and during rush hour, and he says, "You are the epitome of evil." And I'm just like, "Really? Wow. Okay." I, I personally really like the rush hour part. And it's yeah. like, it's not that he did any of this stuff. It's not that he assaulted people or, or stole something. It's because it was rush hour. This, I mean, he's like, he had to, th- he had to include that and in that it was rush hour was the problem. Yeah. And so, but, but you're right. That's exactly like, that's so, that's cheesy silver age dialogue. That is just great. And that, that, that shows up in, in, in the show because again, you know, it's like, you've got to sell that you're the hero. Um, and so one of the things, while this is happening, Midori is narrating and explain, and again, he's building the world for us and, he's ta- and he talks about how the, that they have to try and appear to be these giants that, these, that they're going to stop all of this stuff, that they're there to save people. And while, you know, Mountain Lady is taking in the limelight, she's waving, she's smiling, it shows what she's actually feeling on the inside. It does that great anime wipe of her face and shows that she's actually terrified, you know, because her livelihood is dependent on fan reaction to her. Um, so it's just, it's, it's an interesting world. And honestly, it makes me wonder sometimes that, like, you know, this, uh, the cynic in me sometimes will pop up and will be like, all right, well, how many of these villains are created by heroes so that they have somebody to fight? And they can, you know, so they can build up their their fan base. Um, but it's not something that's brought up or really done a whole lot in the show. Because, again, it's a, it's a shonen show, which is directed at teenagers. Uh, so they're not necessarily going to get that deep with it. Uh, but, again, it's, it's, the old, it's the old man, old crotchety old man in me uh, that makes me a little cynical with it. Um, he is the crotchety old man because he's six minutes older than me. <laughs> Yeah, don't you forget it. Um, right. I'll stay off your lawn. There you go. Don't play your loud music. Um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, so that's just some of the stuff that's really just like really stood out to me in the show. Um, and then you know, and and Deku um, or Midoriya, is, he's such an earnest hero. Like he wants to be a hero so bad, and it's because he sees this. You know, the show, um, the debut video of All Might, when Midori is a little kid, he, he, he watches this YouTube video clip over and over and over again, and it just inspires him. So that's just something that's just really awesome about Deku's character and that he's, he's actually somebody that even though he is inspired by All Might, there's something inspiring about him in that he, despite the odds, despite the fact that he has no powers, he wants to be like that because he sees the good that uh, All Might brings. And the fact, and the most important aspect, 
All Might always has a smile, so there's no no reason to never be scared when he's around. And so that's something that he wants to bring to the table. He wants to inspire people like that as well. And so it's just something very admirable about his character, Mm -hmm. that he always wants to be inspiring and wants to make sure that people should feel safe in his presence. And, and, and like most, you know, shonen characters and, and, um, uh, protagonists and main heroes, he, he's not even doing it for glory. Like we get that from, uh, from Bakugo where, you know, especially in this first episode, his, his desire is to be more famous and more, um, powerful than All Might, um, and to be a better hero than All Might, where that's his desire, where Midoriya's desire is, in fact, just to help people and to keep people safe. And so that's why um, he, you know, it's, it is such an admirable quality from Midoriya. Um, and uh, we also get uh, Midoriya's first uh, mutterings at the very beginning of the episode as he is taking notes on Mountain Lady and he's muttering to himself and uh, the, the weird old guy with the, the pointy stars coming out of his head. Um, uh, even points, I was like, oh, you know, I can spot, you know, you fanboys from a mile. And no, that's not exactly what he says, but he's like, oh, like the dopey grin. That's what he says. The dopey grin. And you're a fanboy. And so. Um, and, the, and the mutterings and the, the note taking, it's going to play a, a role throughout with Midoriya because he. He, he so wants to be a hero so bad so he's trying to learn he's trying to learn something from everybody mm-hmm. you know it's not just um trying to like copy them or just to to just be a fanboy he's trying to learn mm-hmm. it's like because and which which again there's something admirable about that because there's with every encounter that you have with with people in, in general there's something that you have the opportunity to take away from and that's that's the idea that Midoriya is going with here with these heroes it's like you know there's something that I can always learn from them so it's, it's fascinating he brings up with Mount Lady uh, he he writes he starts talking about her powers and he's like okay she has the ability to grow size she's going to do really well because, because of just from her power itself she's going to do well but it's going to make her hard in certain areas like you know you're not really going to want to work her, use her in you know then he kind of trumbles you know mumbles off and doesn't say specifically how you wouldn't use her uh, but it also the, the funny thing too is that when you look at his notes it says it's volume 13 so he's by the time he's finished middle school he's already made 13 volumes of these notebooks on heroes analyzing them and and again this is stuff that's going to play in more later with Midoriya as the series progresses uh, and sees how this works for him and is, is beneficial uh, and helps him as he's a hero. I think it's, I think we're able to now kind of move on um, to the biblical themes uh, that we, we saw in this particular episode. And um, for me, the, the first one that really, stood out to me and, and how to deal with uh, was bullying like that um, really stood out to me. So just a, as, as a little understanding 
um, Jeff kind of, you know, he he's teased me about this and um, my love of my anime characters. Um, so as Jeff said, our, our first real foray into anime was Dragon Ball Z. And my favorite character from Dragon Ball Z is Vegeta. And I also really love the show Fairy Tale. And my favorite character is Gajil. And uh, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, my, that tells you... My, usually my favorite characters are the ones who uh, start out as some form of antagonist but then become heroes and uh, and so he's like I can't believe you don't like Bakugo and I was like well for me like I, I struggled with this this straight up bullying and especially since his bullying in uh, the show is uh is so close to what people really face today. Like, you know, Gajil and Vegeta, you know, they're coming to blow up the planet. I mean, there's really kind of like, it really doesn't happen. You know, someone's not going to fall out of you know space and be like, all right, that we know of it. That we know of. Uh, it's going to be like, all right, if you don't give me uh, 100 so, billion double dollars, you know, I'm going to blow up the planet. That's a Trigon reference. Sorry. Um, so, so yeah, so maybe point zero 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 one percent of the population can relate to having somebody like Vegeta be an antagonist for you, but Bakugo stand is definitely something that a lot of people struggle with as on a day to day basis. Uh, you know, it's like I know you and I, we growing up, we definitely faced our share of bullies, um, so I can definitely understand why Bakugo would not strike a chord with you although he fits the exact role of every other favorite character you have in animes <laughs> um, and as he progress as he progresses he definitely shows that it's it's a defense mechanism for him right you know and which is honestly probably true for most bullies as well is that it's mm -hmm. there's something that they're dealing with um, but yeah so uh, continue on All right. so um, so I, you know read up on scriptures about bullying and, and looked at a couple different ones. Um, and, and really, and so I'm going to say this ahead of time. So, um, you know, probably forgot to mention this in our introductions. Uh, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm a uh, pastor of Richland United Methodist Church in North Carolina. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, in studying up on, on bullying, you know, I, I recommend, Every piece of scripture that you can read. I, I recommend reading the Bible. It's good for you. Uh, um, secular or religious, it's good to read. Uh, but one of my, my favorite books of the Bible, uh, or two of them, are First and Second Timothy. And while I was going through seminary and going through college and, and all those things, I really love the letters Paul wrote to Timothy um, uh, to teach Timothy was a young pastor, um, and and it really he offers this great guidance for a young pastor. So anyway, so um, so I looked at Second Timothy uh, chapter one verse seven, and so this is what it says: uh, For the spirit God gave us, do, uh, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. And I also looked at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Uh, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, 
along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So the first verse from 2 Timothy, so 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, um, is a reminder for us that uh, for as followers of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, we should not have uh, spirits that are timid. We should be willing to uh, stand up and, um, and be courageous like Midoriya does. Now, he, he kind of acts like a wimp in this first episode, uh, quite a bit because he is quirkless. He is he is different than a major a super strong majority of the world's population, and so. Um, but just because of that, you know, he he is he's been beaten down by society. He's been beaten down. Um, but we have to remember that in our own lives. So if you are facing bullying uh, in this world, that we should not let that bullying break us. We should not let um, the worries of the world keep us down and and and, um, and timid because we are supposed to remember who we are in Christ, uh, that we are his followers. And as his followers, that means that we are the sons and daughters of God. Uh, and we should always make sure that we have that identity. And so then with the second verse, uh, this is kind of more to... Uh, youthful bullies. Now, now, as Jeff said, we faced our own bullies uh, growing up in school. Um, you know, having Star Wars folders and um, and things like that. We weren't gonna be um, popular uh, with that. But uh, the worst part, though, is that I, I in fact, also bullied other people. Um, I've always described school as a hierarchy that you. You never want to be on the bottomest of rungs um, so that if you had at least a couple rungs below you, that means when you were having a bad day, that means you could at least take it out on the people below you on that rung. I was near the bottom, but I wasn't the absolute bottomest rung. Um, and and I needed I need this script, this verse for, for me um, that and I wish I had I had known it well when I um, picked on other people or or anything like that, that remember flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord, uh, out of a pure heart. And so, yeah, to, to not feel like, um, dirt and scum and, and beneath everyone's notice, I shouldn't have picked on other people. Um, just to make myself feel better, and so, um, and so I, I see that in in Bakugo, and as as Jeff pointed out, when we get further into the series, we will come to understand that his bullying is kind of a defense mechanism, but it's also you know you know we'll get more into this, but it's also because he is so extraordinary, he has never been kind of reined in. Uh, one of the, the, the biblical theme that really stood out to me, and this is going to be an issue throughout the series as well, is jealousy. Um, it's something that you see a lot. You know, there's when you look at the the opening scene that's dealing with the giant shark monster. There's a guy, and just ran, it's a it's a random citizen, so we don't know if this guy's quirkless or if he has a quirk or what exactly his quirk is. But he laments that the 
giant shark the shark monster has like he's got a quirk like that and he's a petty thief so there's definitely this recognition that man there's gonna be some people and and we see this throughout the show as well that have these amazing amazing powers these amazing gifts uh that they've been given and then some people don't have these greater gifts uh but what it boils down to is do you accept the gift that you've been given or do you wish it was better do you wish you had something flashier uh like for you know like with, with bakugo bakugo is going to be and it, you know this is a little preview of what's going to happen with bakugo as the series goes on is that he's regularly talked about as having this very impressive quirk and so there's very easy for you to to wish you were bakugo and you could have this power uh, or you can make the most of what your power actually is. And so uh, what, what really struck a chord with me, and I'm, I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's, it's not conducive to time, but it, it instantly brought me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, again, I'm also a big fan of Paul's writings, and I spent uh, 10 years being a campus minister in a couple of different locations. Um, and so I would often talk about spiritual gifts with my students uh, to help help them understand that just because they don't have the flashiest talents, uh, they're not the flashiest person, it doesn't mean they didn't serve a purpose, that they didn't have uh, a place in the kingdom of God, and which is something very something that I have to constantly remind myself of. Uh, because I don't feel like I have this flashiest personality. I'm not the, I'm not the go-to guy for people. You know, it's like I, I always feel like I'm an outsider. Um, I felt that my my way my whole life. Uh, I can't help it. It's just how I feel. I always feel like I'm an outside looking in. Um, so this is something that very always strikes a chord for me as well. So in terms of looking at, at your spiritual gifts and what you bring to the table, I would encourage you to read all of chapter twelve of 1 Corinthians. Um, but I, I just kind of want to start with uh, verse 12. And, and again, like I said, you should read this entire chapter because it's it's so important to understand the entire context of which Paul is talking about when it comes to uh, your spiritual spiritual gifts. Uh, but in terms of jealousy, just as uh, starting with verse 12 of chapter 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. 
and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each, for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So when it comes to, to what you bring to the table, and not, not necessarily always just dealing with uh, your spiritual gifts, your, your everyday interactions, the people that you run, run into that you don't even realize or know what's going on in their story, they bring something to the table. There's, if, they're, if you're on this earth, if you're breathing, if you have life, you serve a purpose. Now, we don't always know what that purpose is. It can be really hard to figure that out sometimes. Preach, brother. Yeah, but it's, but we all have something to bring to the table. We're not, you're not worthless. No one is worthless. Even though that's what Deku means. He's worth, he's, his nickname is worthless. He's not. And even if he, without a quirk, he's not worthless. And we're going to see further on in the show how he's not worthless. Um, and so in that same vein, when it comes to you in this day and age, it's very easy to feel worthless. And it's very easy to feel Deku. But that's not what God intended for any of us. He intended you the way that you are to bring something to the table. And so in that same vein, when, when we're not going to get along with everybody, that doesn't mean that we can't work it out. We can't make it work. You know, there's definitely some days that my stomach does not work with the rest of my body. I wish it, there, you know, too much dairy, not, not, my, not my cup of tea. But... I still have to make it work. And so in that same way, when it comes to our spiritual gifts, we need to make it work. You know, you can't just be like, man, I really wish I was this great speaker that people just absolutely love hearing what I said, uh, would, would follow me to the ends of the earth. Well, with that attitude, there's probably a reason why that you're not this great speaker that people would follow to the ends of the earth because they would follow you off the end of the earth. Or throw you off the cliff. Or throw you off the cliff, yeah. So enjoy, so embrace the gifts that you have and use them uh, to better the world around you. So don't, don't think that you don't bring anything to the table just because you're not the flashy one. God even, in Paul's writings here, he's even saying, it's like the people that, are, that have the flashy gifts, you don't need to worry about them. The ones that you need to worry about are the ones that people look down on that people aren't, don't respect as much. Those are the ones that need to be lifted up because they don't get recognized. Think about in the people in your life that don't get the recognition that they truly deserve. You know, there's so many people that don't get treated the way that they should be treated or they don't get the respect or the honor uh, for the things that they do, for just doing these little things that, you know, again, it's not flashy, it's not showing up they're not always showing up with a million dollar check saying, here, make your life better. Here's a million dollars. It's the person that it's like, oh, you dropped something. Let me hand that to you. You know, it's, it's these little things that 
you know, it's like nobody has to do that for you, but if somebody does, or just as simple as holding the door open for somebody, you know, it's these little things that don't get recognized or treated in the way that they are. And so just because you're not the flashy one doesn't mean you don't bring something to the table. And so the, the last little um, theme that I, I saw, um, and I realized that, you know, I can't believe we're, we're also missing, you know, we, you know, thinking about it, we didn't even do idol worship of, you know, worshiping heroes and things like that. But that's, that's probably, that's probably for more, more, uh, discussion of another time. But the, the last theme that I, I saw, um, that really stuck out to me is heroes fighting for credit and glory. I, I mean, just as, as Jeff explained in the episode, you know, Mount Lady comes in at the last minute but gets all the credit for catching the guy um, because she was the one who finished the knockout blow. And so, um, you know, in, in setting up, you know, in, in thinking about this idea, it, it took me to the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is, is Matthew chapter 5 through 7 of the Gospel um, of the Gospel of Matthew, and it uh, it is great teaching, and it's really um, important, and one of uh, the most quoted and looked at for Jesus' teaching uh, coming from the Sermon on the Mount. But I looked at Matthew chapter six, verse one through four. It says, "Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them." If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Uh, so th this for me is, it, it goes against the, the whole hero culture and um, we're going to come to find from the, the main antagonist, uh, one of the main antagonists of the film, of the, of the, the TV series, of the series of, as a whole, is someone who hates the hero culture. And we'll find out more about um, uh, him later. Uh, and so, but I could, I could understand their frustration. And that's one of the, the, the best parts about this whole show is that the heroes even recognize that there's, there's, there can be a little, there's something a little off with the hero culture and hero society, um, and what they're doing. But anyways, that's, that's a, a discussion for another time. Um, but the fact that they were fighting over credit and when the bad guy was knocked out um, you know, Kamui Woods was like, oh, she's going to get all the credit, isn't she? I mean, th there was just this defeat to him in, in which he, I mean, he just spouted this Silver Age cheesy line. That was awesome. And he's, he's bummed. He's not going to get the credit, even though he did all of this work. And, uh, and for me, that, that just kind of shows that you know, yes, he, he has this power. He has the training. He he is, in fact, a really good hero. Like, you know, later on we find out actually just how good of a hero he is. Uh, but um, that's something for us to really consider is, like, why are they being heroes? 
you know, it's and uh, you know, All Might has that great reason for being a hero. He wants to make sure the let people know it's like I am, he- I am here. Ha ha ha! You know that you know that big boisterous laugh. I, I apologize to the voice actors who do All Might and do a much better job than me. Uh, uh, but they want to make sure that people are safe and that that good will triumph over evil and and do this because that it's the right thing to do but you know it's so it's just that struggle i see is like i see this from the very beginning that heroes are going to fight over one another to make sure that they that credit is given to them and then they're given what's due them and and, and that's not what hero should, uh, heroism should look like and, and jesus tells us you know um you know, it should be done in secret. Don't let the right hand, you know, the left know what the right hand is doing. You know, those kind of things. And so that's that's a really important aspect for us to do. Is like we're not supposed to um, blow our trumpets and and be like, "Follow me, I am the world's greatest hero." <laughs> um, and it's the same thing with everything in life. You know, we're you know, it's like I, I'm not going to toot my own horn and be like I'm the world's greatest pastor. Uh, because I've got room to grow. I, I, I could be a better pastor than I already am. Uh, uh, but my goal is to never become a worse pastor. Um, you know, that, that hopefully that never happens. Uh, but I should always be constantly striving and going on towards uh, uh, being the best pastor that God wants me to be. Um, and so that's, that's always my goal. And, that's, and ultimately... That in itself is one of the reasons why we, you know, Jeff and I wanted to do uh, this podcast um, uh, to do something that, uh, you know, people are big fans of uh, and maybe help them connect what they see in media and their fandoms, like what they're big fans of and help them see the lessons that can be learned and how those lessons uh uh, apply to our spiritual lives, um, and so uh, that's one of those things that we're, we're wanting to do. But we're also going to rate um, each episode, um, and what kind of scale do we want to use in, in this? Do we want to use a scale of one to five, um, one to pie. You know, how much pie would we eat for this episode? I'm just kidding. We won't. We won't do that because we need to cut back on pie. We, we need to cut back on pie. Now, granted, if you've eaten some of the pies that our family members have put in front of us, you don't understand why we like to eat pie. No, I think it's a simple one out, one to five will, will work very well, and you know it's it's hard it's hard to rate the first episode, you know, because it's building the world. It's not, you know, it's not it's not like the cartoons from old, like you know, from when we were a kid that were just Every episode was a single shot episode. The entire story arc was solved in the the thirty minute window of the show. This is setting up a an entire new world, and that is you know ranging. It's going to be ranging for hundreds of episodes potentially, because um, there's not necessarily an end in sight for the show. Um, so it's it's hard to rate. You know, because it's a world-building episode. But because it is a world-building episode and the world that it's built, I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because it's, it builds this incredibly, what I personally find a fascinating world. It is. It is truly a fascinating world. And something that I've thought of, like, what, this, what the world would be like if everybody had superpowers. Um, and it, it painted a picture that got me hooked. I was, I'm good to go. And when I first started watching it, I probably, I binged, the first season is 13 episodes. I probably binged probably the first six episodes in my first sitting. Uh, because I was that hooked into the world. And that's not possible without the first episode. So I'll give it a solid four. I am going to be a little bit harsher on the first episode. Um, because I, I struggled to connect to the main protagonist um, at first. And, uh, and he is a little bit of a crybaby and... I was like, I just, I just, I couldn't deal. And so, you know, I'd actually tried my, my Hero Academia on, on Jeff's recommendation before uh, I went to Galaxy Con. Um, and I was just like, I can't do, I can't deal with the crying. And so I didn't make it past the first couple episodes, probably the first go around. And then after, you know, hearing, you know, meeting everybody and, and, and that thing at the, at the panel, I was like, okay, I'll give it another try. And so because I was able to watch so much and just like, okay, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And uh, I really powered through and, I, and I, then I got hooked. Um, but I tell you what, the, the first episode was a struggle for me. Um, so I'm actually going to rate it at, as a three. Um, it's a solid episode. It does a great job of setting up the world um, that you're in. The art is fantastic. Everything is great about it. I just had a hard time getting hooked into the show. And so for um, so my recommendation, um, it is a great show. Don't get me wrong. I love this show. Uh, make sure you have the time to watch a few episodes instead of just one. So you got to make sure you can at least watch, um, I, I'm not going to lie, probably at least the first four um, to really kind of really care about where um, these people are going and the, the other main characters that are in the show. So I would really recommend that. So if you got to be able to set aside, let's see, 30 minutes, four episodes, two hours, set aside two hours um, one day and watch the first four episodes in a row. Um, that way you can really kind of get sucked into it and really be a, into the show. Um, all right, so a three for me and a four from uh, from Jeff. Yeah. All right, and at this point, this is normally when we would do uh, something along the lines of, you know, listener emails but this is obviously our first show so you know we don't have any listeners yet um, but if anyone is out there listening and they do have any questions for us and this could be anything ranging any any questions that you have for us uh, it could be if you want questions about the biblical aspects of these shows that we're talking about uh, more information um, a deeper analysis on some of the stuff just because through this medium, it's hard to do the really deep lessons with you guys. 
but we'll try and get as deep as we can uh, that's effective uh, but if you have any questions about any spiritual things or any or just anything else any other questions that you might have for us uh, about different interests that we have uh, you know Patrick's talking about this a little bit before you know it's like we're not necessarily gonna we're not gonna necessarily just be hooked to just mind your academia we're gonna follow whatever interests that we have that we feel like can be helpful um, and so if there are anything out there that you are interested in ask us and we'll, we'll talk about it um, but if you do want to uh, communicate with us feel free to email us at frickety frack talkback at gmail.com uh, we both have access to that email and we will um, any email that you guys send us we'll talk about on the show um, as long as it actually relates to the show and not spam spam gets deleted instead. if you're a Nairobi prince we apologize we will not take your money yes. uh, so that's frickety frack talkback at gmail.com uh, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter I am P underscore Keeley on Twitter and I'm not on Twitter okay and and Jeff is no longer on Twitter um, I and do I have, don't blame him yeah. <laughs> I do have Instagram and that's uh, it's just Jeff period Keeley as uh, my Instagram uh, but yeah I'm not on Twitter anymore uh, that's a toxic waste stuff that I no longer desire to be a part of too much negativity yeah get enough of that in, in real life don't need that on my social media and so feel free to reach out to us and we'll put all of the um, this contact info uh, made available to you in the show notes um, and so just know that uh, you know Jeff and I we love you we uh, care about you guys and but most importantly you need to know that God loves you um, and came for you 